to the Very Well Mind podcast. We've interviewed over 100 authors, experts, entrepreneurs, athletes, musicians, and others to help you learn strategies to care for your mental health. This episode is hosted by psychotherapist and best-selling author Amy Morin. Now let's get into the episode. You're listening to The Friday Fix. Every Friday, I share a quick mental strength exercise that will help you fix the thoughts, emotions, and behaviors that drain you of the mental strength you need to be your best. Now let's dive into today's episode. Do people ever tell you that you're too hard on yourself? Do you call yourself names? Do you ever beat yourself up when you make a mistake? If so, you could benefit from developing more self-compassion. Self-compassion is basically the same as saying self-kindness. It has to do with how nice you are in terms of how you think about yourself and how you choose to act or take care of yourself. I'm tackling this subject because the way you talk to yourself matters in more ways than you might think. In a minute, I'll share a quick exercise that will help you develop more self-compassion. But before I do, let me explain why self-compassion is so important. There are tons of research studies that show self-compassion has tons of benefits. I'm going to go through just a few of those benefits right now. Number one, self-compassion increases motivation to do better. For some reason, we tend to think that being really critical of ourselves is somehow going to be helpful. But studies consistently show that self-compassion is much more motivating than self-criticism. In one study, researchers examined the self-talk of college students after they failed a test. One group of students called themselves names and put themselves down for failing. The other group tended to use a more self-compassionate approach. They reminded themselves that they could study harder next time, that they could do better, and that it was just one test. Well, all of the students were able to retake the test. The students who called themselves names or told themselves that they were failures did worse when they retook the test down the road, as compared to the students who told themselves that it's just one test, I failed, I can study hard, I can do better next time, and that failing wasn't evidence that they were stupid. And they found that consistently, the students who used self-compassion did much better the next time around. They studied harder and they recovered from their failure. Number two, self-compassion boosts happiness. There's tons of studies that have linked self-compassion to greater rates of happiness, optimism, wisdom, personal initiative, and curiosity. Number three, self-compassion improves body image. So it's not surprising that being kinder to yourself helps you feel better about the way that you look. Studies have found that people who practice self-compassion experience less preoccupation about their appearance, they have fewer concerns about their weight, and they have a greater appreciation toward their bodies. Number four, self-compassion enhances self-worth. We talk a lot about self-esteem, but high self-esteem often depends on our external circumstances or comparisons to other people. Am I doing better than that person? Then I feel okay. Self-compassion, though, comes from within. Studies have found that when you take a more self-compassionate approach, you continue to feel good even when you fail or those times when you feel inadequate or when you make a mistake. Number five, self-compassion makes you more resilient. A little kindness towards yourself goes a long way toward helping you get through rough times. Studies consistently show that self-compassion is a key component in overcoming all kinds of challenges in life. For example, in one particular study, 
researchers found that people who practice self-compassion experienced improved emotional recovery after they got separated or divorced. Number six, self-compassion reduces psychological distress. Higher levels of self-compassion are linked to decreased mental health problems. Multiple studies have discovered that self-compassion decreases psychological distress. That's often associated with things like anxiety and depression. And self-compassion tends to reduce the harmful effects of stress. So those are the benefits of developing more self-compassion in your life. Up next, I'm going to explain a quick and really simple exercise that will help you develop a kinder inner dialogue. How do you actually change the conversations you've been having with yourself all these years? Well, here's what you can do. The first thing is catch yourself being unkind to yourself. There's a good chance you've been harsh with yourself for so long that you might not even notice when you're doing it. You may have just gotten into the habit of calling yourself names. Or whenever you walk into a room, you might automatically think something like, ugh, I hope no one notices me. Or maybe when you make a mistake, you always say to yourself, way to go again, stupid. So spend some time paying attention to the way that you think. Then ask yourself, what would I say to my friend right now? You might pick a specific friend or family member. Make it someone you appreciate, but also someone that you respect enough to be honest with. Perhaps it's a childhood best friend, or if you get along well enough, maybe a sibling. Imagine someone that you'd be kind to, but that you'd be honest enough to speak up and point out when they've made a mistake. Think about it as a balance between being honest and also being kind. There's a good chance that you'd be much kinder to that person than you would be yourself. So think about what you'd say to your friend. If they came to you and said, I don't know why I'm bothering to go to this interview tomorrow. It's not like they're going to hire me anyway. You might reply by saying something like, you're well qualified. They wouldn't have arranged for the interview if they didn't see that. If you go in there with confidence tomorrow and do your best, you'll make a good impression. On the other hand, when you're doubting your ability to land that job, you might keep dwelling on all the reasons you aren't going to get hired and you might magnify all your shortcomings. Or think about what you'd say to that friend when they mess up. Say that they call you after that job interview and they say, I am such an idiot. I drew a total blank. Whenever they asked me a question, I just started rambling about random things. I made a total fool out of myself. You probably wouldn't reply by saying something like, oh, yeah, you're such an idiot. Instead, you'd likely offer some kind, compassionate words like, interview questions are tough, especially when we're anxious. We've all bombed an interview or two, and you never know. It may not have gone as bad as you think it did. Whatever it is that you'd say, there's a good chance it'd be much kinder than what you'd say to yourself. So anytime you catch yourself being overly critical, pause and say, what would I say to my friend right now? Then give yourself those same kind words. Finally, practice being less judgmental about your emotions. Telling yourself that you're a loser for feeling so bad when a friend cancels your plans will just make you feel worse. Or trying to convince yourself that you shouldn't be so anxious about the pandemic will make you feel worse too. Remind yourself that whatever you feel is okay. And your emotional response isn't who you are. It just happens to be what you're experiencing right now. So that's the key to developing more self-compassion in your life. Talk to yourself the same way you talk to a trusted friend. And if you wouldn't say it to your friend, don't say it to yourself. With practice, you can train your brain to become more self-compassionate. Over time, your thoughts will automatically become kinder and more forgiving. It takes time and effort to get there, but I promise you it's worth it. Before we go, I want to share a quick message I received from Alyssa. Alyssa says, 
When COVID hit last year, I lost my job. Being in lockdown and not having a reliable income made me think I had lost everything. I was sure that the pandemic had ruined my life. I started listening to your podcast and I heard your episode about gratitude. I decided to start a gratitude journal, but I have to be real, I didn't think it would work. But I noticed when I started writing things down that I was grateful for, I felt better. And I started looking for more good things in life than bad. I'm still struggling with the realities of the pandemic, but I'm happier and more hopeful than before. I know gratitude is making me mentally stronger. So thank you for sharing that episode. Well, thank you, Alyssa. I love hearing your stories. So if you have a story about mental strength or a mental strength exercise that's changed your life, please send it my way and maybe I'll share it on the show. Thank you for listening to the Very Well Mind podcast. If you found this episode informative, please share the episode with your friends and family and leave a rating and review wherever you listen to podcasts. To learn more about the Very Well Mind podcast, you can head to verywellmind.com slash podcasts.